Yep. Well, we're missing one of our co-hosts. He's uh, uh, MIA, hopefully not POW. Although I don't know, maybe one of those is better than the other. Look, I am not a military person, Matt Ray. <laughs> better so than KIA. I should just not talk about any of that stuff because I'm sure it's important to people. Uh, but this is this is the thing I I've been struggling with, and and you know maybe it's better that it's just one on one, so it's more consultative. Is I feel like uh, I'm going through a bit of a crisis, and that is I need to sort out my professional footwear thing. Now, <laughs> as I've mentioned before, you and I had a pack which I think you very quickly broke, which is when we travel, oh, no. we're just going to wear cowboy boots. Oh, no. I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> I, the cowboy boots did not make it to Australia. <laughs> oh, are you kidding <laughs> really, me? I, this I is a whole other off. topic, Matt Ray. What are you? Uh, okay. Okay. Let's get back to the main topic. So, it, you know, time was, and I still do this, I would wear uh, a, a couple of the pairs of boots that I have out, and that was fine, dandy. But for whatever reason, I feel like I feel like I, that era needs to come not to an end, but I need some new type of footwear. And okay. while I have many types of shoes, I no longer have a shoe that I feel is is the the mixture of three key elements. One of them is that they're travel friendly, and by travel friendly, I mean two things: one, the kind of airport experience is okay, right? And not only the airport experience, but like I'm here in Las Vegas today, and so they need to be comfortable to walk around a lot. Yeah, right? yeah, that that's cute. So they're field ready. Let's call them field ready, right? Uh, the second one is that they need to be, um, to some extent, professional, right? Like, uh, like currently, I'm wearing some hiking boots, and I feel like I feel like the, uh, you know, at Pivotal, uh, what with our senior vice president James Waters wearing a hoodie all the time, it's kind of you know whatever you want to do style wise around here. Right. But but I but I feel like it, there needs to be some sort of like care put into it, right? So it needs to be have some professionalism to it. However, the third option is it can't be too professional or stock. It needs some kind of individuality at to it, uh, right? Like re- re- read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, don't, don't we have the same pair of shoes? I don't. Well, at the moment, I'm wearing. I bought some hiking boots. Uh, no, but but didn't I have? I was wearing something once, and you're like, I have those. <laughs> Probably, yeah. You know, there are. You know, there's this pair of shoes that I I found the other day that I promptly stepped in a bunch of dog poop, so I can't like wear them mm. until you know. Man, removing dog poop from a shoe is the dog's breakfast, if you will. Uh, but it, it was like some Kenneth Cole slip-on shoes that are pretty nice. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, maybe I should just go back. To, anyways, I I, may, <laughs> I this is this is what I'm soliciting advice on. Is like, so what? What foot footwear do I want? Because maybe there's a fourth criteria. My fourth criteria is uh, when it comes to my gear, I always aspire to have gear that is my everyday gear, whether it's personal yes. or pleasure, right? Like I don't want to have a whole separate thing. So I want it mm. to be like a shoe that I could wear any any occasion, right? Now, this is why cowboy boots are so nice, right? Like you can wear I, – I have two pairs of boots that I wear. I've got a ratty old pair of boots that are probably like – by this point, not, almost, not not for business. Well, they're almost twenty years old, but they got character, right? Uh-huh, so, yeah. so in the role that I'm in, you can kind of show up in some ratty boots. It's that third criteria. They've got some character, and it's just kind of like, oh, you know, there's there's a story here, right? Little, yeah. Little, 
and then I got you know, the I got slap some polished tongue and and they they still pass even though they're clearly worn. that's right. I mean, there's like a hole in them and all this stuff, but they're just like there's there's something going on here. It's like stickers on a laptop. Stickers on a laptop, yeah. ostensibly extremely unprofessional, but in actuality, like in in the I, the world that we're in, I represent fine. that remark. Yes. That's right. So then I got the other pair, my other pair of boots, which is like some super like well. As far as the rest of the world who doesn't live in Texas would think, they're super high-end boots that I got as a gift, right? And they're all shiny, and they got some lizard skin on them. So you wear those boots, and people are like, oh, that shit ain't cheap, right? right? <laughs> he hates lizards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he hates Mexican lizards. Uh, so, so, you know, th- those all fit the criteria, and I've worn them so long that they're both really comfortable, right? But it's just like, so maybe I'll just revert back to the boots, but I'm exploring options now. So, wow. Matt Ray, what do you got for yes. me? Yes. Well, so so I'm currently on the market for a new pair of shoes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my my wardrobe, my your know, business wardrobe consists of uh, a pair of brown boots, uh, or like not boots, boots, but uh, I don't know, you know, sure, nice hiking boots, whatever you call that genre, like, like sort of like Red Wings. This is one thing I would yeah, say. like yeah, those exactly. two hundred, three hundred dollar Red Wings that are actually like. The soles aren't glued on there. They're actually like sewed on there, like some uh, some cobbler's elf situation. Yeah. See, maybe. I mean, I'm not in that that tier of, of pricing yet. Maybe that's where I should be because I keep getting stuff for like a hundred, you know, hundred twenty, and it's never exactly what I like. Yeah, I think I think you and, and I but, we got to bump but, it up to to lady shoe prices, and then we'll be sad. Oh, uh, yeah. well, but then you know you buy them and you're like, well. I, you know, I bought these, I got to wear them. And, you know, you're always a little wishing you had something else. Um, and so that's, I've got, I've got, you know, brown, I've got black. And then I've got some brown um, slip on, I think it's the Kenneth Cole ones you described. Uh, or And, you know, but now I need something in black that's, you know, easy to walk around in at a conference. Like yesterday, I wore them. And it was fairly comfortable, but at, by the end of the day, I was like, oh, my feet are killing me, you know, because you're hiking all day. And and so I saw a friend, uh, was uh, Donnie uh, from, from, not Redmond, 457. He was trading on Twitter with somebody about that. And I think, I'm trying to remember, it was like Echo was the brand he got oh, pointed yes, towards. Yes. And I had a pair of those that I really liked. And after a while... You know, there was nothing wrong with the shoes. I was just like, I'm done wearing these. You know, you, you're like, I've had these for two years. Got to move on. Um, yeah. So grass, maybe, grass is cool. growing under your feet in the soles of your shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I'm I'm open for suggestions on on black. I was looking at uh, uh, Doc Martin, but I feel like that's just below professional. Oh, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, Acad- you know, Academy used to carry a great Doc Martin slip-on shoe, kind of like these mythical Kenneth Cole ones we're talking about, and and it, it was it was it was an easy slip. I love the slip-on shoes. It is, it is, I think maybe slip-on shoes are the equivalent of like uh, of like uh, uh, top siders in the '80s for old yeah. for us. We're just going to be like slip, <laughs> slip-on shoes. I guess those are slip-on That's, shoes too. Yeah, but yeah, they, they I were, might I might might upgrade to laces this time. They were they were really nice Doc Martins. And and yeah. they, I noticed that they make some other ones nowadays, but like at least at Academy, where the difference is the price. And as I like to say, and you can tell, uh, like all the nice shoes there are like they always like to have some shit on the branded on the side of them. Like I don't understand, like that's, why that's why are they branded shit on the side of my shoe? Like I don't want that. I don't want people to know the yeah. brand of my shoe. I want a good fucking shoe. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's another thing. Like, you know, people see me at conferences and I'm, you know, if I'm at a conference, I'm probably in uniform, right? I'm wearing a chef t-shirt, yeah. but if I'm not, I'm not wearing logos. Like, yeah. I'm not, and, I don't and, wear logos of anything. And the worst is when I was at the difference is the price store. Uh, like, like, uh, like there were lots of good shoes that were Skecher shoes, but they all had Skecher branded on them. And I was thinking like, look, I get it. You work at Skechers. You want to have lots of pride. But let me tell you, no one's happy yeah. to wearing Skecher shoes, right? Like they don't want to be like, <laughs> hey, bros, I'm wearing Skecher shoes. Like to just like I would have totally bought some, except uh, they, they it just like makes me look like a cheapskate on the side. Or not even a cheap. I don't. Even, it's not even that it's a cheapskate. It's just like, it's just like, gross. I feel like a tool. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> Speaking of tools, no solutions. <laughs> no solution. It looks like Brandon might be able to join us. Little scheduling okay. problem that he had. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, that wait. The speaking of tools was not about Brandon. <laughs> oh, hey, whoa, hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, there was a big, big show last week, the reInvent. Now, I read through your extensive notes. You, you took a lot of great notes on this, Matt Ray. My, well, my... I, yeah, I got to be on on a panel here in in, uh, in Sydney, and I wanted to make sure I was up to date on everything. And there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff that happened there. Oh, wait! Before we get to the reInvent, now, while I published, I have not yet listened to the previous episode that where you were on the uh, the Arrested DevOps. What? Uh, how? How? How was the DevOps Day, Sydney? Oh, um, it was great. You know, we. Uh, uh, I mean, if you've been to a DevOps Day, I, I highly recommend them. Um, just because it's a, a chance to you know, interact with the local practitioners and get a feel for you know how the tech scene and DevOps works in you know your town or the town you're visiting. Um, and so the Sydney one was was good. Uh, we had uh, my, my favorite. One of my favorite moments was there was one about container orchestrators where they were trying to go around and see like who was using you know Kubernetes, who's using Swarm, and nobody was raising their hands. And, and then I was like, wait, 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 let's just ask who's using any of these things in production. You know, in a room with like sixty people, only like five hands went up. <laughs> so that uh, <laughs> you know that that made it easier than trying to take a roll call. Then we just you know, question each of those guys like, and you're doing what? And you're doing you know. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was it, it was good. No, that's interesting. Like like I, I was I haven't been to so I'm here at the uh, the Gartner application. Uh, I don't know. It's the Ass Conference is how it gets abbreviated. But that, <laughs> Whoa. That, Wait, the Ass Conference? It's, it's, it's like it's banks? like let, let me let me look this up. It's the uh, Gartner Garten the the hashtag is Gartner Apps. But if you look at the actual name for it, it's the it's the Gartner Application Software System Integration. No, wait, yeah, it it, it basically abbreviates to ASS, and uh, that's tragic. That's unfortunate. I don't yeah. I don't think they're going to name it that next year. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I was reflecting on uh, I haven't been to all the summits, but there hasn't been a lot of uh, discussion about um, you know containers or whatever and you know as you were talking about that like i i think i think the perfect metaphor for the container landscape is like i don't know how it is over there in australia you have to tell me but here in america there's like this one it's like the uh the tupperware cabinet of shame 
that everyone has in their kitchen where there's just all these containers strewn about and unmatched. And I feel like that's the, the phase of market that we're in now. It's just like you open up that cabinet, you're trying to match lids. At one point, you had them all nicely stacked up. They were all the same brand. But, you know, over the course of years, you just accumulate all these weird containers. Maybe there's even like some takeout containers down there. So, so what's amazing about Australia I guess because it's a fairly small market, all the takeout places use the same takeout containers. Mm. And and so, you know, we're getting takeout food all the time. And, and we have this, you know, what you're describing as container sh- drawer of shame. They're all the same. Oh, nice. <laughs> Deli containers. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good but, lifestyle if you just, you're just living out of a deli container. Yeah, yeah. But uh, is, has, has Brandon joined us? I have. How's it going? I think he's good, lurking good. there. Yeah, um, but yeah, the, the 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 event was was really good. I should have a uh, a blog post up on it. Uh, you know, the Bridget put, posted one for Arrested DevOps. Um, yeah, we can put some links to some other good write ups. Uh, definitely a good event. So then back to the to the Amazon reinvent. Oh wait, before we get yeah. to that, Brandon, do you have any recommendations for for work shoes for me? Uh, for work shoes, absolutely. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you wear? Um, when you, well, when you say work shoes, we talking trade show wear. We just talking, yeah, just, just like, just like I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna travel somewhere, and and uh, it's gonna be in a professional context. I need some footwear. Normally, I wear boots, but I'm thinking of switching it up. I need some footwear that is one, not too like over the top professional, right? Because that's not who I am. But two is like you know. Not just like some ratty old sneakers. I don't wear sneakers anyways, but like that's sort of like appropriate uh, and also like is is comfortable you know, for walking around a lot. I would recommend the uh, Keen uh, brand and then I like the Austin style. And Whoa. if you're a frequent traveler, which you are, you, you would go with um, the slip-on and you can get those in either black or brown. I think the slip-on is like dressy enough. That it's very very comfortable, very you know a wide toe box. You've never worn Keens. They have this nice like uh, I don't know how to describe it. Sort of like on the front, it's like this big rubber kind of sole. So it's very very comfortable to wear walking around. It's also pretty you know what weatherproof if you get yourself in some inclement weather. I think the black ones, especially the slip on ones, dressy enough that you could probably just you know go with jeans or with some dress pants and feel. Mm. Uh, you know, and it's a very versatile shoe is what I like. Because I wow. find myself, especially when I'm on my feet a lot, right? It's like you want – I really like the cushy kind <laughs> of like big toe box kind of, you yep. know, thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so I, I'm a big fan of Keen. Like, I, think I, was, I was not and, expecting the uh, Keen recommendation. These are, these I, are I, some, uh, some good-looking shoes. The, the, <laughs> the Keen Men's Piedmont Slip-On Shoe. That looks like something I could wear. Yeah, there's that one, yeah. and there's the Austin brand, and then they have, you know, it, this is just more preference. I, like, for when I'm, like, in Austin, I'm not traveling. I just like the lace-ups just because it's a little bit more snug, and it's, you know, I don't know. I just prefer that style around town, but but definitely, like, when you're looking for a really versatile, you know, because I'm always about less packing, right? Like, what can I wear one pair of shoes for how many different things, right? And that would be, uh, um, you know, dress pants, trade show work, maybe some dinner with customers, Maybe just in jeans. Like I think the keen, the clean slip on, I think is where you want to go. And of course, and of right. course, for you, Brandon, the the thirty minute morning run that you do every day when you're traveling, right? Is that uh, 
Yeah, you know, I did it the other day. I was in Vegas. I think we switched spots. I was in Caesars last week, uh-huh. and I did bring my workout stuff. And I did at the when I checked in, I said to the guys like, because uh, he was giving me the rundown. And I actually knew where everything was except the gym. He's, I was like, he's like, the gym's in this tower. I was like, okay. And then he said, well, let me put you in that tower. And he gave me like a you know better room, which was nice. But and I brought all the workout gear, and this uh, keeping my streak intact never went to the gym ever. Never yeah. <laughs> went, did anything, had all the gear, and then I felt bad about wasting all that extra space. Um, oh, but you know, it is what it is. The first goal is just bringing the gear. Second goal, yep. actually using the gear. Mm, yeah. It's hard. Yeah, that's going to be next major life milestone is actually being healthy, trying to live longer. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, I don't know, Kote, you did the whole, like, you seem like you, you know, you're certainly on the eating front, right? You've got a plan around that. Yeah. Or Just wait till you hear it. my recommendation for this episode. Oh, but yeah. Well, this, yeah <laughs> you all know we're headed to the lobster, uh, giant lobster breakfast in Vegas. Yep. That's okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, how, that's why you travel. Well, that's, that's nice of you to say, Brandon. So speaking of Las Vegas last week, it was reInvent. And I, I think I think that's that's probably what we should talk about. We, Matt Ray and I were getting into it in a little bit, but then we got distracted by by footwear and kangaroos and the usual things. And just hopped yep, by. Yep. And but so so like like how how uh, how Matt Ray, you did some yes. extensive work collecting notes, which uh-huh. which I have benefited from. How would you summarize all of the announcements? Um. Hmm. So so I I would put things into. Three buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is is AI. Uh, the second, it, I guess you get a fourth bucket. the The second would be uh, the Lambda stuff, and I get, yeah. And the third could be just you know, everything else. Yeah, um, the everything else store. Yeah, well, but the thing is, they all overlap, right? They're yeah, they're getting a more coherent story because. Well, I, I don't know if it, I, I'm sure it's intentional, but, but, you know, everything is starting to like, you know, oh, now you use this with this, with this, with this, you know, and we launched this new service that works with those four other services. Um, previous reinvents, it, it felt like they would announce something and then you'd have to wait, you know, six months later to see how you were supposed to use it with existing stuff. Hmm. Um, and so I, I think, you know, and, and I think that's kind of, uh, you know, if you put things into those three big buckets, um, you know, the, the AI, uh, they launched a lot of stuff and, and, you know, the people I've talked to are generally excited about it, but it's also like, well, Amazon's the fourth one to launch it. Right. Um, you know, Google launched a whole bunch of stuff back at, in April, I think at, at next and people kind of scratch their heads like, you know, well, that's great. What are we going to do with all, all these, you know, AI, um, services? You know, they've got uh, they've got your image recognition, your text to speech, speech to text, um, and 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 Microsoft announced them, and and Alibaba has a bunch of stuff in that space, uh, but the Google one, the 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 Amazon ones um, are a little more polished, and they're a little more prescriptive about how you would actually use these. They they provide uh, uh, the the Lex um, is is uh, an interface builder for text-to-speech and so they provide like a a you know hey here's how you build you know text-to-speech workflows like you know when you get a question like this you're going to go down this talk tree um so that's kind of cool you know I, I think that's what differentiates it a little bit is you know amazon is a little more polished in how they they 
work with these. And then, of course, they're like, and you can tie it into, you know, SNS, SQS. You know, they have like a, a laundry list of services that this time they were like ready to be integrated. Um, so that that was that was you know the AI bucket and AI is not my thing. Um, I mean, I'm not an expert in it or anything, but uh, you know, there's definitely it's a land grab right now. You know, there there's a lot of people trying to figure out uh, trying to figure out where all this goes. So yeah, so basically, there's the let's see, there, there's like facial recognition, if I remember, you know, it'll recognize your golden retrievers. And uh, and then, and then you got the uh, it's like it's like a bot thing. So you, it's it's kind of like you know uh, uh, you know you can you can do bots. That's the Lex mm-hmm. one, right? And then and then I think yeah. there was another one that was I don't know if it's really AI, but it was like a transcription service. Is that like Polly? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember the 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 trans. You know, oh man, so many things to say. Like one when, when we had one conversation with with an analyst uh, here, <clears throat> you know, very lovely. Uh, and uh, they were they're asking like you know about about cognitive computing and cognition and stuff and 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 you know even medium term listeners know know my uh, uh, sort of stance on AI. It's just like fucking so much more to fix before we get worry about that. But I'm sure there's wonderful great things to do with AI and uh, Brandon's Watson buddies. I'm sure are up to great work. But uh, it just seems like I I just can't quite wrap my head around like. Other than like very focused tasks of, the, of AI and machine learning stuff, like just generically, it seems like a a bit of a a bit of a fool's errand at the moment. So it's like interesting to like look at the Amazon sort of way of doing it, where it's like this is facial recognition. This is uh, this is a way that you would do like chatbots. Here's a way yeah. to do like transcriptions. Like it's very. Uh, uh, what would you call it? Like specific driven things. And then even, you know, there's, uh, there's that one other service that they had that, as far as I could read, it was basically like, uh, treat a bunch of semi structured data as if it were a relational database. And then you can yeah, query yeah. over it. Which, so that's the Athena project? Yes, Athena. Or, or service, not but, project. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that metaphoric name fits on top of that, but that's fine. I guess it's sort of like popping insights out of a weird head or something. Uh, I mean, uh, it's always, it's always, it was always a problem choosing a Greek god as as a metaphor because eventually they end up like flaying people and doing all sorts of terrible things. But <laughs> and and something incestuous. <laughs> yes. But anyways, nice name. Athena is one of the better Greek gods. Yeah. So so Athena is the S the S three SQL query front end for uh, unstructured data, and um, it's based on the Apache Presto project, and it lets you. Let you make queries against JSON, um, text files, you know, CSV logs, uh, and it's not particularly fast. But if you have just you know directories full of these you know objects, you know these, these text objects, it lets you parse through those, and so you don't. I guess you you know you don't have to process them. Um, you know so. There's a use case there. You know, obviously, you know, somebody was like, oh, now I can, you know, query my, my CloudWatch logs or, you know, what have you. Um, yeah, you know, kind of like a poor man's plunk, I guess. It, it, it reminds me of a, a project I did uh, back when my wife Kim worked for the ACLU. They had, uh, they had this uh, web form, which was some PHP application that, what was it? If you had, if you had, a, if a prisoner had a complaint, uh, you know, about, about, 
anything you could imagine being in prison, they would submit it to this form and it would like collect their information. That would get dumped into a MySQL table somewhere. And so, right. uh, and so the task that I had and, and was for some reason someone had chosen FileMaker, but they wanted to basically have an app in FileMaker to like process that, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of lawyers to process it. And, and, and it, it was just, it, it was, it was sort of comical because it was a simple instance of like, basically there's a CSV file somewhere. <laughs> right yeah. like your yeah. job is to like make turn a turn an excel spreadsheet into a word document right like and uh and it was like a lot more work than it really needed to be and so you know it, it makes you wonder like things like the athena thing and and this gets to a broader point when i was looking through all this stuff is there's a lot of interesting little building blocks where like with in theory a minimal amount of work you can do like a minimal application that solves 90% of anyone's problems, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like I mean, the, it, the poly thing is another good example of that. Like, like getting, I think, I think doing transcripts of podcasts is usually not very helpful, but it's also really expensive. Um, whereas if it, you could like build a transcription service, I think on top of it, that's really cheap. That would be kind of definitely, definitely. They, they said the cost of doing like Huckleberry fan was about $2. So, you know, if, if you're looking at a transcription service, um, I, I don't know how much you charge, but I bet it's more. Um, and, and so, yeah, you could easily, and supposedly the understanding is really good. Um, you know, it, it's good with accents. Uh, on the panel I was on the other night, uh, a French gentleman was like, you know, it can understand my accent. I can't do a French accent, but, but you know, he, he was like, it's great. You know, it, it, you know it, it understands my English. And I was like, that's cool. You know, that. And and you can also train it up if to learn domain specific words, you know, special acronyms, um, and you know how and how to pronounce things. If if you give it, you know, if you give it uh, an acronym that you know, rather than just spell it out, maybe people say things like SQL instead of SQL, you know, um, that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah, yeah. So so that that was, that was my broader question is is like is is should do you do you think we should think about like AWS the way that I I would think about like .NET in the two thousands, which is like yes. like it's just ev- <laughs> everything. <laughs> like, yeah. So, but hey, Kota, I had a you know I read a bunch of um, I read some different analyst takes on this, and our friend like Ben Thompson, and you know, they um, I think they they talk about something that I think they miss a big piece of it, right? Like a lot of them in his discussion was sort of like. Amazon is building the platform or building a platform. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he kind of it starts to compare that to Google Cloud, right, as one. And I think you could put in other cloud providers there as well. And he's sort of kind of saying, you know, he feels like Google is really using Kubernetes as kind of its platform play. And I think the thing that he misses, and this is, I want to throw this out to you guys and you can tell me if I'm wrong, is that when I look at AWS, it's a very mixed um platform and infrastructure like when you mm-hmm. read through the announcements like the thing that's interesting is like lightspeed i think was sort of like an infrastructure play right it was sort of like a digital ocean thing and then you go through there's there's this notion of things that help the kind of classic infrastructure and i think amazon is clearly the leader there like i feel like there is no yeah. real infrastructure competition war anymore right but then on top of that what I do think there, and I think this is the interesting part, is, you know, and platform means like lots of things to lots of people, but it seems like these various services are 
kind of the attempt to start to build the platform. But as any platform, as it takes shape, it's not clear like what should be part of the platform mm. and what you know what yeah. is. exactly. And, I, then, mm. and you know, my final point is, and you know, I kind of always think of this as like, what's Amazon doing well? And then you just can always take what they're doing well and be like, why would this be a weakness? And I think, you know, it's kind of the you know this. I mean, I, when I look at how Amazon releases, it reads just like the everything store, right? You have the two pizza teams, as Matt Ray kind of talks about, and then they put out all these different things, which is great. But then the negative is eventually you have to carry all of that forward, right? Or you have to make mm-hmm. decisions of maintaining it. And you know what comes down to a lot of times is like stuff that you once thought would be in the platform, you know, the community or you know some kind of like it becomes obvious that it isn't in the platform anymore, right? It needs yeah. to kind of be thrown out. But then if you've kind of committed to it, you put yourself in a real dilemma. Like, what do you do? And and so you know, kind of that we- the weakness of the two pizza teams is like eventually someone has to like clean up all this extra pizza, right? It's like, wait a minute, we got too much out there. And that sort of opens the door, I think, for, you know, just, I'm just going to say the industry broadly, right? Like, I think that's why we talk about so much about Docker and container orchestration is that, you know, that's sort of emerging as like a layer of this platform. But then what, you know, what is this platform going to provide? And I think that's like a really interesting, if there's a weakness to AWS, I think it's that. It's just that there doesn't seem out from the outside, it's unfair to say this because I'm sure inside they do. From the outside, there doesn't seem like a strong steward of this platform. It's just like yeah. everything is in there and it's getting kind of nuts, right? I think I don't yeah. even Matt Ray is reaching his limit to how many things <laughs> he, he can know. Because I was like, oh my, because when you have to, when I was going through the S3 stuff, then they had the networking thing, and then they had light speed, and then they had voice to text. I'm like, this is a lot to take in for any human being. It is. It is. And, and, and I think the thing about Amazon is you could go deep into any of these things and not have to care about the rest of them. Like, you know, you, oh, you know, we're just going to care about you know, the big data stuff. And, you know, they've got a lot of different services here. And I don't have to concern myself with, you know, the AI or other pieces. And you could be perfectly happy in that corner of the world. But if you look at it as a large, coherent story... You know, like, oh, all these things tie together coherently. I think <clears throat> I think that might be Microsoft's advantage, um, you know, because they've got the IDE to tie it together, you know, two IDEs to tie it together that are cross-platform. Um, they, they, they paint a, a more coherent story about, you know, this goes with this, this goes with this, whereas Amazon's kind of like, hey, we got five things that do that. You know, what do you like? What, you know, what, what's more familiar to you? Um, what did your, you know, what did your sales architect sell you on? Um, and, and so the thing is, I still think that's a successful strategy for Amazon because yeah. anything that is small, you know, anything that you're like, who would use that with Amazon? They've got 30,000 people on it. Yeah. You know, you know, as, yeah. I was, as I was reading through your, your, your summary, I was thinking like, this feels a lot like, like, uh, like the old days of going to the, the Apache site and like looking through mm-hmm. all the like java open source stuff they have and th- there would often yeah, be con- yeah. i wouldn't say conflicting but there would also be duplicative projects right like different yeah. ways of doing stuff and 
I don't know what's up with with ASF stuff nowadays. I'm sure it's wonderful, and they probably still have the best <laughs> like Java string package around and all that stuff. But like, it, it was a very it, it's it kind of had that sense of like that. That's what was always nice about Apache stuff for Java. It was just like this uh, this like infinite toolbox that would do everything you wanted, and there were often multiple tools to do the same thing. And you know, of course, and I, and I think this is another interesting way or, or comparison to have for like you know the .NET model versus an AWS model. And then there's also kind of like implicitly like the the sort of ASF driven model. You might even mm-hmm. call that just sort of like the open source model, where basically you just go out on the web and you pull all the different frameworks and, and things that you need, um, and you combine it together. And I mean, there's probably and other. And you find all these happy users of each one of those tools. Yeah, yeah. And and what strikes me about the AWS stuff, and then I and also for Azure and Google Cloud. I mean, they're all. They're kind of trying to accomplish that same huge portfolio of stuff that, like, you would see at at at, at Apache, but yet they're also running it for you. And in theory, things and and this more than in theory, stuff integrates together together better, yeah. right? Um, and that is like I think that does sway more towards the .NET model, where it's a it's an integrated and to the point that Brandon's making. Um, more thought out from a portfolio level than not, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. whereas the, 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 AS, the Apache model is like, I don't think there's really ever any, like, portfolio management there, right? There's no but, yeah, uh, coordination yeah. between and, different components. And, and each of those Apache big data projects has a has an equivalent now as a service on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. and, and so, so, so then, so yeah. then, I mean, both of y'all, I think, and myself would have answers to this, and it's almost like a... Uh, uh, sort of like dangerous for my my twice a month paycheck but like you know you look through this stuff and you're like so why doesn't everyone just use this <laughs> right like yeah. like why and i mean again like so i mean to answer my own question first right like i mean all the large companies i talk to right uh like there well there's a first easy tier like so here at the gartner ass summit uh, we uh, we had one of uh, we had, we had, you get a sponsored talk and we we were we were lucky that we could get this guy Tony from Home Depot. Oh, if you go over to Pivotal Conversations, you can see a debriefing with him or listen to it, which is really great. But anyways, like you know, if you're someone like Home Depot, you're like, well, how about fuck a bunch of Amazon, right? So like, if you're in retail, like you just don't want to run on Amazon, which is yeah, completely but, understandable. So you know, there's that. But, but they then, have Azure, you know, just run over on Azure then. Yeah, no, exactly. And so they all want to run on Azure and Google. Right. But but then there's other people who like in theory, I mean, I guess maybe one day Amazon will get into banking. I guess they do have a payment thing. But like it's just like, man, it seems really appealing. And so the people that I see who aren't running an Amazon, there's always the uh, compliance issues. Right. They haven't sorted out how to make it compliant for whatever. And and that very I very specifically say haven't sorted out. Right. Because. I also hear about people who work in a high compliance business and they but they use it anyway. So there's some lawyers need to get involved or something, I don't know. And then there's another tier. I don't really know what to call them, but maybe they're the the sunk cost people and they're kind of like, "Well, I already have a lot of data centers." So yeah, I should use So that's them. that yeah. And so when we talk about the three different buckets, that is one of the other buckets. We saw Amazon they didn't say hybrid cloud, but, you know, la- last year they rolled out their snowballs and people were like, oh, that's great. You know, get my move my data there. Mm. And this year, you know, they're like, oh, you know, well, they rolled out the truck, you know, so they, they've got their, their 18 wheeler that does, you know, a petabyte of uh, or 
not a petabyte, a hundred petabytes, some ridiculous amount. Um, a bazooka like, bite. A hundred petabytes. Yeah, a bazooka <laughs> bite. And, you know, it's not meant to be like fast. You know, somebody was like, oh, well, what if I need to move, you know, my data center in a week? I was like, nobody moves a data center in a week, you know, but, and, you know, being here in Sydney, they will sell you that 18 wheeler anywhere. Uh, so the 18 wheeler is the snowmobile, and it is literally a container of storage and compute. So there's actually, uh, and, and they, you know, kind of let slip some of the specs on the, on the, the, uh, the the snowballs that they now contain <clears throat> an MX large uh, with you know a certain amount of RAM, mm-hmm. so you can do some compute on those, and you're like oh, okay well you know I just have a snowball uh, you know I who cares about being able to run a little bit of computer on it, if you don't have that 18 wheeler you probably have 20 snowballs, you know you probably have because you know they only they only they only hold 100 terabytes. Or a thousand terabytes, or you know, so, something like that, and you know, you're going to need a bunch of them, and they're going to be on site, and they're they're providing S3, they're providing NFS, they're providing you know some block storage, yeah, yeah. and some local Lambda compute, and so now Amazon's got in your data center some some compute that uses Amazon's APIs and does the same sorts of things that you're doing in the cloud, and it's not it's not comprehensive IS, but you know they're getting. They're you know making it easy to move your data into their stuff in your data center, and you know FedEx it over there, and ta-da, now it's there. Yeah, this is like the previous era of container computing was literally containers that had computers. <laughs> and and I I, yeah. I I remember I was at Dell at the time, and I remember one of the big Dell references was like eBay would like helicopter in like containers, like to add capacity and. You know, yeah. it would be interesting to see if if whatever the cost things and network speeds or whatever has brings about this notion of uh, I mean, Sun was big into this of of uh, of containerized computing again, where it, it makes sense to. And then there'll be all the wonderful metaphors of Legos and snapping them together. But I mean, I guess if you could have like even if it's a limited set of mini AWS or any of the other public clouds like in a container, that that would be kind of phenomenally interesting. As, as well, like that, and that's yeah, that's Azure Stack. Yeah. You know, yeah. HP HP still, you know, and probably Dell are are making that play of like, you know, oh, let us ship you some Azure for on prem and you know, they'll put it in a container for you too. Yeah. But you know, but Amazon's like, yeah, we're gonna bring that container back over here and eventually we'll get you out of your data center. Whereas, you know, I assume HP and, and Dell and, and the likes want to continue to sell you data center. Yeah. You know, Amazon is just saying, hey, here's the easy ramp to get out. So, so brand. So, but I think that's, from, from, I was going to say, but that's in, in, yeah. in itself, like the interesting question, like longer term, right? So like, if we want to say, I don't know exactly when it was launched, like 10 years ago, did AWS exist? It was very early, right? 2006. I think that's when it came out around then, right? So, so if we say now, and just we just take this container thing that you guys are and the physical container we mean here, right? And we say, well, in ten years, like is it possible that it's actually very cheap to buy a what is a truck container that has a data center as the infrastructure for a data center that is relatively inexpensive and pretty much enough capacity for most of the largest companies in the world. Right. Yeah. So if we have this in twenty twenty six and then and they just own it, they could they could keep it. It's like, does that, because I mean, it's kind of like Amazon, an analogy, analogy here would be Amazon, you know, uh, testing its first physical store. I guess they've probably done others, but like, you know, there's a big grocery store launch about, you know, now they're going to have stores and they're not going to have cash registers, right? Because 
just it seems like it's making more sense to them to like push some of this further out. So I don't know. I, again, it's like your strength is your weakness. Everything that like today, what Amazon is great because it has all the data centers and because it has all of this shipping infrastructure on its retail side. Like yeah. at some point, does that turn around, you know, and become the the uh, actual uh, weakness of the whole thing? That like yeah, like whoever Dell, HP, you know, hopefully IBM, right? You know, ten years from now, it could just flip around where like actually people want to own this stuff because it's pretty cheap and they just you know they get to own it because that's more accustomed to how they want to do business. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. I, I, I think Amazon doesn't make it easy to stay. You know, they give you just enough to make it easy to adopt, but not uh, easy enough to stay. Ooh, you easy know, to so stay. They're, they're like, That's a good one. You know, they, they, want to, they, they want to block you from buying more data center. That's, I mean, that's the key. They're like, hey, we've got this partnership with VMware. Don't buy more infrastructure for VMware. We'll make it seamless to run your VMs on, on, on AWS. It looks like you're still in the same data center. And so next time you start thinking, oh, do I drop, you know, 10 million on new hardware or do I just pay a little more OPEX and not make that big, that CapEx, that's, that's what they're playing at. You know, they got the VMware, they got the on-prem data, which is actually the first service they offered for Amazon, right? The first thing was object storage. And now they've got object storage in your data, in your data center. It's that so, sweet, sweet OPEX. Opex capex comes back. That that would be a good good joke presentation to be somewhere. Opex and capex. That's always like the 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 old old uh, cloud thing. So so yeah, it'd be interesting to see it. Like I like Brandon's idea of just like container computing. You know, the circle gets completed. We'll have to keep an eye on that. So, but but before before we have to wrap up, what what else what else stood out at you for over there, Matt Ray from the (laughs) reinvent? Well, obviously. I'm a little bit excited about OpsWorks. So um, over at Chef, uh, we launched a a service with Amazon. Um, I believe this is the first service like this uh, that you know a, an external company is partnering with Amazon to run a service together. Uh, so OpsWorks was a fork of Chef, and you know it, it did not get much love from the Chef community. Even though, because it was Amazon, it was immense. You know, they had a tremendous number of users, but when they came into the Chef community, they were kind of told, like, well, it's different, you know, go read their documentation, we do things differently. And so it got, it wasn't getting a lot of love from the tooling, the workflows, the books, you know, it was just this black sheep over there that, you know, was bigger than all the other sheep. Um, <laughs> but now, now we're actually Chef is partnering with, with Amazon. Um, the the previous incarnation of Ops is now called OpsWorks Stacks, and Chef, uh, it's OpsWorks for Chef Automate is a top level AWS service that is our commercial product, um, where you know we are jointly managing the service with Amazon and you know continuing to iterate it uh, in conjunction with them. So it's uh, it's very exciting. Yeah, mm, sounds like um, OpEx. Did I get that right? <laughs> yes, yes. It's definitely not a capex thing. So we we already have customers who are like, oh, you know, <laughs> we don't have to pay Chef. We can just keep paying Amazon only. Because yeah, we we're, we we see that all the time with the marketplace images where you know a customer they might spend you know four hundred thousand a month with with Amazon and you know bulk it paying you know four thousand to Chef. Um, but if it's if it's a line item in their AWS bill, even if it's more, they don't care. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, open source startups out there, I suggest you know, buddy up with the cloud because 
that's the reality is, you know, they're going to be running your projects. And I know this is a big topic of, of interest now is, is how, how open source companies can handle being co-opted by clouds, um, you know, by cloud providers and, you know, partner or die is my recommendation. That's right. Um, the, the, answer so we're partners. Is, the answer is cloud is a channel. Next question. Exactly. <laughs> cloud is a channel for us. And, you know, we, we, uh, we're very happy with it. Um, yeah. You know, we were the, the first item in Werner Vogel's day two keynote. And, uh, you know, the feedback has already been tremendous. So it, it's very good. So, so just before. And, we get- and it's not just the chef part. It's the chef and, and continuous integration, continuous delivery. It's the analytics. Uh, it's the compliance angle. Um, and, you know, just like the rest of the AWS stuff, it, there's other AWS ser- services that offer parts of that as well. So not making it easier. Well, as, <laughs> as, it, as, the, cloud, as the cloud opinion guy said, you, whoever your, your biz dev person was did a good job or your team. So that, 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 was, that was a nice comment. <laughs> Thank there. you. That's right. But uh, so, so before we get to our recommendations, we'll have our, our, uh, our mid-roll here. No, we don't have anything major. I don't have any pivotal stuff to hustle, but... You know, I know every episode I say I'm about to finish it, but I'm about to finish this booklet I've been working on. And it'd be, if 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 uh, any listener has any comments or input, that'd be great. If you go to, it's like 60 pages now. If you go to cote.io/cloud2, just the number two, you can go to the Google Doc. And uh, I've seen some, you know, anonymous yaks and and anonymous giraffes, little little Google Doc people hanging out in there, but. I'm uh, I'm interested in getting people's input. So that'd be great. Or I'll put some links in the show notes. You can read some excerpts in Medium if you prefer some handcrafted artisanal uh, web pages instead of uh, the sort of uh, discount appeal of a Google Doc. What do you got for us this, this week, Matt Ray? Uh, I'm going to be in Tokyo next week. And uh, I think we'll put a link into the, the show notes. Monday night, I'm at the CC Dojo. And I'm going to be talking about uh, DevOps and uh, and automation and stuff. You know, I would like to give people CC dojos about when I don't want to be on their CC line and email. I think people need to uh, <laughs> they need to figure that out. Just like don't don't need that. I I, I I'm an I'm an admirer of the move someone to BCC line. That is that's a that's a tender loving touch right there. Just to like cut someone out of a conversation, but it's a, a final goodbye to them. I, do, I like do, that. do you ever respond? Do you ever respond to group? Group text with please unsubscribe. Yeah, subscribe. <laughs> uh, I'm also a fan of in Gmail. You've got the mute option. That that uh, inside a corporate environment, that's that's a blessing. Speaking of blessings, right there. Just like every every, t- every time someone gets a promotion or there's some announcement, just like mute, mute that shit as soon as possible because everyone and their dog wants to congratulate them. Which is just that's fantastic. That's great. Move move it to Slack and mute. Yeah. Slack. You know, I got the Slack sticker on here and I was thinking like, do I really like this product? But never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I like like eight different channels of it. So, so, uh, Matt, what's your recommendations this week or recommendation? Um... Yeah, you know, I we we already covered a lot on the shoe topic, so uh, uh, I'll have to. Do I didn't some mean to stuff. kill your recommendations. Then, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, I, I I'm always glad to hear uh, people's opinions on shoes because I'm on the market. Um, but uh, I, I put a a I went in my backyard and recorded uh, kookaburras. So if if uh, hmm. <laughs> it's it's a 
you know, the video's not great, but the audio is is pretty good. I put a a, a recording of kookaburras in in my backyard because uh, it's like you know it's spring coming up on summer here, and all the birds are going nuts everywhere. And literally the last three or four days, it's been nonstop kookaburras um, at my house, uh, which adds to the general craziness. Um, so uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my recommendation: is go listen to the kookaburras. I wonder. I wonder. I'm sure some scientists has figured this out. If you took a bird from like North America right now and you like flew it to Australia, if it would just totally like fuck with the bird's brain, right? It would just. You know, I, I, I thought that about my dog. Like, you know, we brought him over here from from North America. Does he know that summer's coming? Because his, you know, is. Do you know the animals that like they they grow thick coats in the winter? Like because it's about to get hot here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good question. All right. How about yourself, Brandon? Well, first, I just want to echo my support for uh, moving people to BCC. It's uh, it's a true form of uh, corporate love. So anytime someone moves me to BCC, it's always a welcome welcome email. Uh, but a couple things I wanted to. Uh, to talk about one was uh, I, I said I would offer up a, a final judgment of Westworld, the the latest HBO series. So now it's it's the entire thing is uh, first season is over. So I just want to recommend that go ahead, it's safe. Go ahead, feel free to watch the first season. I think you, uh, I think it was very good, but also it's very easy to get off. I think the first season concluded with a nice climax that if you've like, it was fun to watch, maybe you're done with it, but you can feel satisfied. You won't, it's not necessarily like a loss kind of thing where you just one episode ends to the next and you just never, uh, well, that's, the end. So that's I a relief because I've watched like five episodes so far. So. I was gonna say, you're good. You're good. Uh, all right. Go to, Go to the end, and you know you can make your decision at the end. I think, but you, even if you get off the train, you'll feel satisfied with uh, season one. All right, in, in six months, I'll probably echo Brandon's recommendations. <laughs> and then the other is just uh, my own personal uh, life hack here. Just uh, I, for uh, you know, a long assorted uh, reasons, I'm trying to maintain my unlimited data plan on my uh, iPhone. So I still have a, a plan that ties me to minutes. I, I have to kind of be cognizant of how many minutes I'm using. So I finally enabled Apple Wi-Fi calling, which is pretty good, right? So you can you know, essentially use uh, the Wi-Fi network to make uh, phone calls re- relatively easy. They sound good. So if you're at home or you don't want to use your minutes or you're abroad, uh, you can do it. And the other thing I was going to say, if you like, if once you've enabled this, if you like it, what you can do is turn on airplane mode, right, which disables your radio, your LTE radio, and then just uh, hit the uh, Wi-Fi button, right? And that will force your phone to always be on a Wi-Fi calling. So that way you never mm-hmm. have to pay. You and always you, you get – You can still get uh, messages and maybe – Yeah, you get all your messages. You get all your data. You can use your cell phone um, you know, from abroad, you know, like you're not really far away. As long as you're on a Wi-Fi network, you can yeah. – calls so it's actually um and it's you know obviously cheap right you know just using the wi-fi connection so you know this feature i think has been out for a while so uh but i i don't know i just found it like extremely useful the other day so uh check it out now now wait you still have an original at&t contract with unlimited data and stuff is that what you're saying yeah I do. I'm on a, for me and my wife, we're on a family plan, and then I've got, uh, you know, the corporate discount applied. So I can't touch it. It's like an ELA at this point. Yeah. Like, you can't, you know, if you make one change to this thing, because they always want to kick me off and give me unlimited minutes. Yeah. Unlimited yeah. Messages, you know, you know, last, really, we, data is what I want. We, we, we shifted off of that, and, and it did reduce our, our monthly price by about 30 bucks. But, 
you know, whatever. And, but, and then also, you know, the other thing that was motivating, I mean, uh, listeners will remember I now have a $1,000 phone, is that I haven't tested this, but I think I can go to the T-Mobile store and just jam in a T-Mobile SIM when I travel internationally. And uh, that, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. That unlimited thing, it was hard to give up. But, you know, it's like the guy said, I need my minutes, right? Like, then you got to start metering it. Yeah, I turned on that Wi-Fi. It, it seems to be fine turned on that wi-fi what the hell am i even saying but uh yeah well so uh my my recommendation this you know that also reminds me i have a feature request for all the apple people who are listening i would like a mode called like fake airplane mode where i can i can press it and and if a flight attendant walks by it looks like i'm in airplane mode but i'm not actually in airplane mode because you know we all know that turn off your phone stuff is bullshit and you've got like many, many minutes, including as you're landing and getting closer to the ground where you could have network access. And you're like, what am I going to pay $30 to go, go crap so I can have internet? Like, it's just like you got to, uh, you know, need to have a fake airplane mode so you don't get yelled at and, and probably arrested. I would never do that. I always put it in airplane mode. So my recommendation, speaking of traveling, my recommendation this week, I've got two things, one of which we've already alluded to is, uh, so I, I'm here in Las Vegas at the Gartner Tragically Named Conference, and I stayed for the first time at the W Hotel, which only opened eight days ago. It had been six days when I went there. And that, I think, from now on, if the price isn't outrageous, that's where I'm going to stay. It's in the Starwood, soon-to-be Marriott sort of brand of stuff. It's fan- It's great. It has a, It's got the, the George Clooney coffee machine in there, the Nespresso in-room coffee. Uh, you don't have like the weird Western coffee that I'm staring at right now. It's got a friendly staff. It's like kind of hidden off an SS- SLS. Now you're going to have to take a car to go anywhere because it's really far, but it's overall great, great hotel. And most hotels in Las Vegas are really cheap. Uh, so I doubt it'll ever be more than $200. Uh, and it's, it's a good place to stay there. Much better than the Western, which I usually stay at, which is fine, but there's this real sketchy place you have to walk, uh, past, uh, you know, to get to, to the strip. And it's also not a very good Weston. But uh, so stay at the W. And, and then also, uh, as I ate this morning, uh, you get yourself the uh, lobster eggs Benedict at the, I don't know how to say it, Payards, Payards in Caesars. And uh, man, it's delicious. It's a lot smaller than you might think it would be, which is a good thing because you still get really full and feel like you've just, you know, trying to kill yourself early after eating it. So it's not as bad health-wise as you might think it is, but it's got this lemony taste to the, is, it a, is that a Bernays sauce, a Hollandaise sauce? Very good. Very good stuff. Well, as always, this has been Software Defined Talk, which you can find at softwaredefinedtalk.com. This is episode 82, so if you want to see the full show notes, you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 82. Now, it would be helpful uh, if, if you want to uh, help us out. It's always nice to just tell us in person or in Twitter that you listen to it. That's very encouraging. But it'd be great if you went to iTunes and left us some stars there, whatever you think. Maybe left us a review. Or if you're an Overcast, you go hit that little uh, recommended thing, which I think means that if people in Overcast, if they've logged into their Twitter, it'll tell them other people who have done that. I don't know, but it seems like something fun. It's, it's good to help us spread out there. We've actually like grown our downloads over the past several months quite a bit. So, uh, you know, on, on that note, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Yeah. Who 
who's this calling my cell? Talking in a high pitch like Pharrell. Damn, I should have known it had to be my girl. She told me that she had a quick story to tell. So the next thing I know, she got me stuck on the phone with a story that really didn't make sense. Talking along, going on and on. What two hours wasted? Girl, you know you tripping. You know I got your back when you need me to listen. But it took too long for your story to finish. And you got me using up all of my anytime minutes. What's wrong with you? Don't you know I got a couple songs to do? Every bill I got is overdue. Now I'm running on my phone bill because of you. Yeah, it's sad but true. Raise your hand if the same thing is happening to you. People wanna call you up out of the blue. Killing all your minutes just to holler at you. I need my minutes. I need my minutes. Back up off my minutes, bitch. Raise up off my minutes. I need my minutes. I need my minutes. Back up off my minutes, bitch. Raise up off my minutes. Hello? Yeah, man, this is I'm Sam, man. Yeah, what's up? Just, you know, just seeing what you up to. Just, yeah, just chill out, man. Uh, what's up with you? Oh, nothing, man. I ain't doing shit. I just, oh, nothing? Yeah, nah, I ain't doing nothing. Yeah, um, I just wanna holler at you, though. So what's going on? What you hit me up for? Man, I, I don't know. I just bored. You know, it's 3 o'clock. Oh, it's the day, man. It's just expensive, right? Oh, you wanna holler at me? Oh, Understand that you wanna talk to me, but Verizon Wireless is dogging me. Don't you know the weekend and nights are free? So if it ain't one of those, don't holler at me. That's just reality, man. So there's really no need to be mad at me, man. You run in your mouth like we family, man. You need to enroll in a family plan, cause time is money, literally. And last I checked, man, you live on my street. Still calling my cell to kick it with me. You can walk two blocks and we can kick it for free. Before I go, let me break it down. If I don't pick it up, then I'm out of the town. I'm probably gonna studio laying around. It just costs too much to waste time with you clowns. I need my minutes, I need my minutes, back up off my minutes, bitch, raise up off my minutes, I need my minutes, I need my minutes, back up off my minutes, bitch, raise up off my minutes, I need my minutes, I need my minutes, back up off my minutes, bitch, raise up off my minutes, I need my minutes, I need my minutes, back up off my minutes, bitch, raise up off my minutes. I need my minutes.